And welcome to another Friday night review uh, for Sanctuary First, and I'm Albert Bogle, and my co-hosts tonight are James Cuthcart. Hello there, Laura Albert. Dagen. Nice to be with you. And Laura Dagen. Hello. And Ian Jimison. I'm back. <laughs> and back by popular guest, demand. Yeah. And our special yeah. guest tonight is Peter, who's with us and uh, joining us in our time to create some music. So welcome to you, Peter. Thanks, Albert. Thanks, everybody. Good to have it's you with us. And we may get, we may get a, joined at some point by Jack, but I'm not sure if he's able to join us tonight or not. But uh, the invitation was extended to him. So hopefully he might come in and join us. And tonight we're going to be thinking about a number of things, but we're going to be looking at some of the material that's been written by a writer this week, Liz Crumlish. Unfortunately, Liz can't be with us this evening, but she's got a lot of really interesting stuff she's been writing about this week on this idea of uh, uh, social distancing and the parables of Jesus. We're going to, she's particularly looking at the parables of Jesus and the uh, connects with them in a different way, often using poetry and, and prayer in a different way to get us thinking about these things. So we're going to take some time to think about that. And then we're going to take some time to just have a conversation with, with Peter, who has been involved in a, the, the recovery group in, in, in Falkirk, seeking to move out of addiction. And he's got a story to tell that he wants to share and how music is helping him become the person that he knows he wants to be. So that's something that's going to be really interesting to hear Peter talking about that. And we're also going to take some time to look at the Sanctuary First website and some of the things that we cover on the site that sometimes we don't talk about. And we're going to take some time to just begin to explore some of that stuff as well. And it's great to have Jack with us here. He's joined us. So we're, we're all ready for an interesting evening, which will move around, move around from music to discussion on, on coping with addictions and coming out of addictions to new freedom in life, uh, to looking at some of the writings of Liz Crumlish, to looking at all the material that's on our site and coming up especially of interest for people perhaps during Lent. So there's a lot to talk about. So there we go. So where will we start? Anybody want to start well, with some of Liz's work tonight and just have a wee share of something? Could I, could I start with something? Because you know me and I must shut up. Um, I've got something uh, I want to say. No, I do. I've got something I want to say. Um, so I've got a mate who I work with and um, she gets up at goodness knows when in the morning with her young baby. And she said to me the other day there, she said, um, what's with that pal of yours, Laura? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What's with that pal of mine, Laura? She's like, she gets up early in the morning, she prays. What's that all about? <laughs> and I'm like, listen, man, it's just nice rules. It's, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so what, what I took from that, though, was that, that we never know the, the things that we say and the things that we do that touch people um, and how God touches people through us um, mm. when, when that spirit's within us. And what really drew my eye to all this um, 
and there's a number of reasons why it drew my to it was the the uh, the thing about neighbouring. Um, that was on oh goodness what what, what day was it on it was on the first of March. Um, and uh, Liz was writing about neighbouring and she says, we encounter our neighbour today at all hours of the day and night in every hospital and, and care home in makeshift wards and mortuaries in the guise of nurses and doctors, of cleaners and porters, of technicians and drivers, of chaplains and administrators. We encounter our neighbour today in intensive care units where people struggle for breath, where machines aid breathing, where angels bring comfort with or without the equipment and protection that they need. We resolve to be neighbours today with all who need comfort, with all who are overwhelmed by the demands of a role to walk with the friend and stranger through every emotion and question and cry of despair as together we find a way to bind wounds and to care for one another, companions along the way. Now, the thing that said to me was it brought me in mind of a song that's coming out on 316's new record called A Thousand Names. And the point behind the song was that Jesus has, has one name, but he's also got a thousand names. And by a thousand names, I don't mean there are a thousand different names for God. I'm not, I wasn't talking about Arthur C. Clarke here. But what I was talking about was the way that Christ comes to us and <clears throat> the stranger the guy we meet in the street, the person we meet right beside us that says something to us, or in my case, the patient that walks into your room and maybe reminds you of something that you'd forgotten, um, or a friend that touches your heart by bringing your attention to a song on YouTube, uh, or my good friend Campbell Dye, who writes so beautifully in terms of you know music and also prose and, and the rest of it will sometimes just really stir me to something different. And in that, I'll discover something new about God. And that's what our song and our new record was about, A Thousand Names for the God You Seek Now. Um, and, it came, and, and this particular bit of writing here, based in Luke 10, 36 to 37, um, is about where we come in as bit part players, but we're not really bit part players. We're bit part players of this enormous backstory. Uh, but the main story, the story of Christ and Christ's mission in the world is the one that just keeps rolling along and it can change people forever. Slightest word, can change somebody forever. Mm. Um, and I thought, that, I thought that, was, that, that really spoke to me um, this week. So, as you know, Laura didn't know that my mate was watching her and listening to her prayers, you know, and that, who knows what that's going to do. Um, do you know, he had no idea. Pete's got no idea when he puts songs out on YouTube and in Sanctuary First who that's going to touch. No idea. But it will touch somebody. And one of those days, that might be this song. And they might just stumble across it, and suddenly that's a song for them. Mm. Mm -hmm. And just to round off what I was talking about tonight, uh, there was a song that I used to play when I was on tour with a band called Esper Air Street. And uh, it was a song that we ripped off from Doogie McLean. When I say ripped off, I mean copied completely, as in it was his <laughs> song on the cover. Um, and it was called This Love Will Carry. And I'd sung about a thousand different versions of the lyrics. I could never be bothered learning them. And I was, my friend Tom Jones brought my attention back to the, that, that song just the other day there. He said, have, have a listen to this. 
and it was Doogie playing his own song. And I had forgotten the meaning of the song because through repetition, it had lost its meaning until I heard it again years mm. later. And isn't that the wonderful thing about an eternal God is that years later, the same words can come back to you and they can mean something different. And I think the lyric is, and though by storms we'll weaken and something like, and disappointment is sure. Um, something like through the coming of the wind, it's ours forevermore and this love will carry, this love will carry me. Um, I had completely forgotten that the song was about the elusiveness of the love of the moment to what real love is all about. I'd forgotten that. Years of singing that song, I'd forgotten that central tenant of Doogie McLean's song. So, Doogie, you've just got a massive plug here tonight. I hope you're good. <laughs> See, well, Jameson, I want to include it in the next album, right? You know, you, you can do it for points. You're rich enough, man. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. There you, you go. You Listen, you did there, very Ian. well there. You, you did very well, there, could you? Your Sorry. friend was Tom Jones. I take it you don't mean the Tom Jones, like No, no, no. We, listen, we'd named the band everything from Tom Jones in brackets, tiny wee brackets, not the, to <laughs> the. I was about to say your friends in high places. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't You're that. Talking. But to me, to me, he is that Tom Jones. He, he, Tom Jones yeah. is different. My mate Tom Jones, by the way, is probably one of the greatest English folk songwriters that has ever lived. He's astounding. The better Tom right. Jones. <laughs> Listen, Jimison, you've come in and you've taken over the first 10 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> He's just got so to, on. you know, reassert his place. <laughs> He's been away for a bit. You know, he's got to come in and reacquaint us with the uh, inimitable yeah. styles of the Absolutely. Engine. But we've missed I, it. I did like, missed it. I, I did like what you said about the welcoming the other voices and you don't know where these, what people say, uh, it might not always resonate with you, but it will resonate with someone. Mm. And uh, I felt that a lot in uh, Lizzie's writing, that there was, especially the line um, when, for those moments when outsiders show us the way and we may follow uh, their lead. And I think that's very important just in normal communities to not get too stuck in our ways and think we know what's best and mm. think we know what we're doing and we know right. And especially for um, the church, I think that's very important. Uh, and they're not always maybe very keen to hear the voices of outsiders. And maybe even just in society, we classify a lot of things as outsiders, people that maybe dress a bit scruffy Mm -hmm. and you know don't hold certain standards or maybe folk that have a bit too much on a friday night to drink and all the rest of it you know and we maybe don't value their opinion as much but that doesn't mean that they don't have something that would maybe appeal to someone and you know give you know they can still have that presence with god because they were made in god's image well i think you're absolutely right there jack if you look at the biblical stories of jesus and some of these parables many of jesus's parables are all about the people on the edges the people on the edges of society. But I was talking to Peter Nielsen today, who has, is one of our writers, and they, we were just catching up. And Peter, was, we were just talking about 
how where real growth happens in life itself, it always comes from the edges. It seldom ever comes from the center. Yeah. You know, and, and it's as we, even in your garden, if you want to get where the growth is in your garden, it's at the edges. Mm. And if we want to find life a new growth and something that's worth pursuing, go to the edges. And that's where Jesus went. He went amongst the publicans, the sinners. He went amongst the people who were the outcasts. And he told stories about them. And he told stories about how God called and listened to them. And God has a space for them. And I just think that is so important. I know, I, I totally agree. And I think some of the, I don't know how much my mum would necessarily uh, thank me for saying this about her garden. I think her garden's great, by the way. I should, that's a disclaimer to front lead it with. But some of the loveliest plants in our garden aren't necessarily the ones that she planted exactly where they are now, if you see what I mean. So technically they're weeds by definition, because they're not plants that grow where they're meant to grow. You know, we've got a rose bush that comes up in the middle of a shrub but it makes beautiful roses. And technically, it's a weed, but it's roses nonetheless. But, you know, the, the, the weeds are not meant to be there. But what do you do? Do you cut them back and say, no, that's not, that's not meant to be there at all? No, let them flourish. It's survival and the fittest in our garden, that's for sure. <laughs> it's interesting. Can you keep that in your mind, uh, that idea, when we come to discuss the website and the stuff that's on the website? Could it be some of the stuff that's on the edges, some of the stuff that's been forgotten about? Could be the most powerful, and uh, and could could bring in and connect with the most people. But when we're talking about things, we can do that, and when we come to the, the time of discussion, talking about that. But any other, as we look at the thinking about Liz's writing, any particular piece again that that got you thinking this week? The one that's for today. Um, no. I've moved through today's one. I actually I found going really, back. Um, very because right. uh-huh. I really liked the. Uh, I, I I really love Lizzie's style because you know it's so ambiguous, you know. And and whenever I first looked at today's one, you know, it's like it could be speaking into your personal lives, you know, speaking into your like you know ugh, away, you know in times of your life when you do you know resort to old habits, old ways of doing things, you know, that you thought you had outgrew or thought that you had, you know, overcome. But then it's like you realise, oh, actually, there's, there's there's a bit deeper here. Oh, right, so we're thinking, you know, we're thinking about the church as well and, you know, going back, you know, whenever we go back, you know, to church buildings and, you know, are we going back or, or are we, you know, looking forward? And, you know, that, that it really... It, I found that you know that really connected with me in like actually quite a few levels. You know, it was uh, I, I really um, liked that one the day. Mm-hmm. I, I think it connects on, on a huge number of levels because the thing that human beings forget is that tomorrow morning is a fifty-fifty day. It's yeah. got a fifty percent chance of being better than yesterday and a fifty percent chance of being worse than yesterday, and that's just how it is. That's just physics, right? And that's that's the 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 milieu in which we swim. That's how it is. And the other thing that people forget, and and I get very very nervous actually. I, I was I was funnily enough I was made quite nervous about when I read this morning um, because I'm terrified that some of the good things that have happened 
in my sector, the health sector, where people have worked together and appreciated each other. Mm-hmm. Might be rolled back in view of your little kingdoms and little fiefdoms, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I'm really powerful. I'm a consultant in, you know, well done you man, knock yourself out. But see the cleaner, they're just as important. Mm-hmm. And if you only have the cleaner, your big fancy hospital's not going to work. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. we kind of, at one point, we kind of were shocked into remembering that. Suddenly we realised, hang on a second, we're all really, really valuable. Because it was right up in our faces. Mm-hmm. Right up in our faces. And I get terrified to think, oh, please don't let us forget the good things to try and build new kingdoms. Mm-hmm. For ourselves, mm. we've got to start. And this is the thing: we've got to stop thinking about new kingdoms for ourselves. We really do, mm-hmm. and, and and at least at least in my industry, that's something that we need to stop thinking about. I wish I'd been on last week because I, I would have loved to have talked to the the doctor that was on because I, I don't know what they think about that. They might this might disagree with that, but. I think the central point to what I'm saying is that human beings can change like that. Right? Mm-hmm. One day they can be this way, the yeah. next day they can be the other way. I've heard a thousand people come through my surgery um, or through my life and said, you know what? I can't stop. You name it. You name it. You name it. I can't stop my, I don't know. I can't stop drinking. I can't stop taking paracetamol. I can't stop. Blah. Rubbish. Yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. But sometimes what we need to do is to gather our forces around us to give us the help. And that means being vulnerable. And that means reaching out. And that yeah. means, see when you need, see when you need a, 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 something to grab onto, grab onto it. Mm-hmm. It's a big step, though, for a lot of folk. It's a big, it's a big, uh, it's a big step to make that mm-hmm. transition from I can't to I can, and that's awesome. a that's a difficult thing. And it's it's important for the for the people that don't have that problem to give as much help as they possibly can. I think. Yeah, stop mm-hmm. judging people. This is the thing, Joe. Everybody, everybody's got an opinion on things that they see around about them. You know, I'm always, I'm going to slag off my mum here once again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mum's a But I know I'm, I'm actually going to be really careful and I'm going to shut up for a second. But but what I guess what I'm saying is that I do see a lot of people, I don't mean my mum, by the way, she's a lovely woman. But, you know, some people kind of write an opinion in pen. You know, that that's my opinion, this person. Yeah. And a lot of people meet me in my job and they make a decision about me. They don't know me. They don't know my journey. They've got no idea about me. But they think they know me because of how I look, or how I dress, do you know what I mean? Or how I speak. Um, which isn't terribly posh and isn't terribly doctory. Um, and some and the nicest thing anybody's ever says to me is, you don't look like a doctor, you don't sound like a doctor. That's a good thing, by the way, in my world. To me, that's a good thing. But to yeah. an awful lot of doctors, that's a bad thing. <laughs> I mean, that's like a few people have said to me, oh, oh you don't uh, look like you're uh, going to be a minister. And I'm like, I oh, well, that's good. 
Honestly, the thing guys, is that is uh, for for me, Ian, you're the doctor I speak to the most, and so you're now my go-to image of a doctor. When I picture a doctor, my mind's eye, he's got a fedora and uh, an oh, hoodie and everything. <laughs> Albert, before we move to the next bit, can I just draw um, attention to two things that really struck me about Liz's uh, work this week? Because I, I really, you know, echo the comments that we've heard so far about the language and the, the poetry and what she writes. And, and one of the interesting things about Liz is she's one of the few writers who tends to write in that long, poetic kind of style throughout uh, the week. Um, most of us um, occasionally do it, but won't for, throughout the week. And so actually, in terms of word count, she often gives us the some of the fewest amount of words, but then those words have to be chosen very carefully. And so I think there's been some really interesting choices this week. And uh, going back to the one that Ian highlighted, that neighboring, the thing that got me about that was this idea of neighboring as a verb, you know, and she gives all these really vivid examples of it. Because we tend to think about being a neighbor as a noun or as an adjective, being neighborly. But that idea of neighboring as an action, that actually it's less about who I am and who you are. And it's less about just a way of doing things. And it's more about actually just doing something um, like the Samaritan on the road. Mm -hmm. And then the other point about language was about prepositions. And in the piece, um, A Prayer for Grace, um, which was really stunning. And um, it, towards the end of that piece, she talks about the idea of, let's get the quote up here. And may we live into and live out of the forgiveness we receive. And I think it just really speaks again to this sort of, preciseness that she's chosen these words this idea that it isn't just a quick reference to forgiveness this real thought that goes into the movement of it this idea of living into forgiveness and living out of forgiveness and how those are two actually quite distinct things um that you know how we how we live is affected by this forgiveness but then what comes out uh, might lead to this whole other chain and network and and like Ian as Ken was saying earlier about the ripple effect that we have um, so I just wanted to take the opportunity to thank Liz um, for another fantastic week that's been really rewarding and stimulating yeah, absolutely and I thought it might be really good if uh, Peter had a song for us at this point that might just encapsulate some of the stuff that we've been talking about uh, I don't know if you've got anything Peter that you can maybe share with us <clears throat> Yeah, I've always got a song or two up my sleeve, Albert. Thank you. It's been interesting listening to what everybody's been speaking about as well, um, because there's a lot of kind of parables with um, the way I got recovery, um, <clears throat> fellowship particularly. Um, a lot of the people that come to fellowship are from the fringes and the edges, and they're kind of generally the people that life doesn't want to know, you know, doesn't want to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, I was one of those people, you know, um, and, you know, they come from the edges, but come from the edges into the centre and managed to make this kind of beautiful organisation that teaches the best in people, teaches us how to grow, how to live, how to live, you know, and there's a saying, you keep what you have by giving it away, and it's about, it's not about living in the self, you know, it's about being neighbourly for other people, but being there for other people. Um, but that change is very, very difficult to get. I had to come to a point where I was mentally broken, you know, before I could get that change. It had to be pain, more painful to continue than it was to change. Um, so this song, like a lot of my songs um, are, they're probably, for me, to understand how I live my life, basically. You know, they're conversations with myself in one way or another. Um, and it's, it's, you know... <coughs> Music is kind of just like calculus or another way of interpreting, interpreting the world. And for me, it's a way of interpreting my world through sound, you know, and it kind of puts it in a universal language. Mm -hmm. um, so this song is kind of, 
it's about look, it was about looking for that strength in myself and having a conversation with myself um, and conversations I hear with other people who come into recovery um, from act, many forms of active addiction um, and they don't know how to find the strength um, or they don't know how to get it or they want it but um, and they'll say they want this and that but sometimes it's hard to take that step you need a great deal of faith you know um, and when you live in a life of no faith it's very hard to have faith but when you do get it, it's, it, it removes all fear. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind of mm -hmm. best way I could explain it. Um, so it was about finding that faith in myself. And that was a wee conversation with myself. <coughs> Just realised I never did a sound check. Oh dear. <laughs> change the times until you change your life and you see the signs because living this life is getting you lost so I try to hide what you've always done is what you'll always get maybe change now is no worse than a handful of Head full of regret You can cry to me Say what you'd like to be Just know that life is here And it can be Universe 
You can't change the times until you change your life and you see the signs. Because living this life is getting you lost, so I try to hide. You can cry. Say what you'd like to be But it's time to see You can be more You can lie to me But you're too blind to see It's not a crime to feel That life can be more Thank you so much. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Pete. If you're listening in, you're listening into a podcast, and uh, that's talking about someone who has changed all of our lives. It's talking about we're talking about a Jesus man, Jesus, who somehow comes to say something that's so relevant to people today. And you're talking there about Pete about you can be more. That's a line that Jesus came up with. He said, I have come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. And so he's come to show us. And then another thing he said, you know, you might want to set yourself free. And sometimes we try to set ourselves free. But, you know, if the sun will set you free, then you will be truly free indeed. And that's the, the area that we are looking at in Sanctuary First is, is encouraging people, yes, to get free. But when the sun sets you free, everything changes and there's a whole new understanding of life. And that's what we've been thinking about when we talk about prayer, when we talk about all these different areas. We're getting people to think about who this man Jesus is that we're journeying with and his presence that is so tangible in people's lives today. So we're going to take a little moment out at the moment now and go back to talk about something else. And I want to talk for a wee while about uh, about the, the website and, uh, and the, the up and coming work that you've been involved in, Jack. Uh, uh, you've, been, you've been pretty well involved in helping develop this new app that we've been talking about. And we've never quite got it released yet, but I think it's getting very, very near to release. But you want to just share a wee bit about the app? and why you think that would be important for us to pursue? Well, I think it's been maybe, oh, probably nearly a year now we've been working quietly in the background and, and primarily Sanctus Media and, and Neil uh, McLennan working away, uh, and Andre uh, working away on this app and uh, Neil's developing the, the kind of Apple version and Andre's doing the sort of Android version and we had a sit down and they asked us when we first decided, what do we want an app that represents Sanctuary First to be? And it's a good question. Well, we've got a lot of stuff on our website. So what, you can't have everything. So what do we pick out of all the stuff that we have 
for this first version of the app. So we've gone for a couple of simple things to start with, rather than absolutely everything that is on the Sanctuary First website. So we're going to have all our podcasts, uh, all our blogs, uh, videos, uh, and uh, the daily worship, of course, and the whole new, the brand new events section. But of course, Sanctuary First ran events before, but the shape that events now have as being these online events is fairly new and fairly new for the website and it's going to be this new uh, thing for the app too so you'll be able to join all your usual events uh, and from the app it'll be much easier to get involved uh, leave comments uh, listen to your podcast listen to the blogs uh, read the blogs and watch all our videos not only that but you'll be able to look for all our archives too and i think it's just it's been a really enjoyable experience for me to look at how we can design it to make it the most straightforward door into getting to the material so that it's a clear path so that it's because I, I i get off of frustrated with with um dodgy websites and and poor uh, function oh, this is just i guess <laughs> i get more frustrated with inanimate objects than i do with people you know <laughs> so yeah. it's been very informative to look at how simple things like how we shape a button and where we put different things and what color something is can inform how you experience that with an app so for me it's been great uh, to be part of developing the app and uh, I think with the work that Neil's been doing on it it's going to be a really great thing for Sanctuary First but also for the community that now use Sanctuary First I think they're really going to enjoy it because it it's it's a good way to get to the material that you're already enjoying. Okay can you tell us a wee bit about this profile there's a stat there's something it's it's actually on the website already up at the top in the right hand side under you know you, you might miss it it says profile is that profile for and is important as we move forward well it's it's sort of quietly there as you say on the website at the moment but this you're right this will be an area that we're going to grow and in the app it's kind of we've built it in there already because it's going to be the, the big the, the building blocks of the app so when you get the new app you'll create a little profile which will be your profile for your sanctuary first material and that'll enable you to comment and to sign up at two events and you'll be able to see what you're signed up to and everything like that. And you can do that on the website as well. So if you go up to the top right corner of the website, you'll see maybe profile login in blue, and you can click on that and sign up if you don't have a profile already to Sanctuary First, uh, or, or sign in, you might have a sign in already. But hopefully down the line, as we continue to develop this, this would be an area where we can have people really contribute and, and, and be part of a community and grow the space so that people can add playlists of videos save things for later so they can get all the responses to the things that they're uh, maybe they've commented on and someone's replying to them on so it's so that the site becomes more interactive for the people that are using it i, I think it's, i think it's, got, it's really exciting it's got a lot of potential this profile area yeah sounds good sounds really interesting uh, how do you feel about all this uh, the the site laura are the things on the site just now that you think people should maybe be looking more at and encouraging people to think about Oh yes, well, um, I, I know that um, uh, a minister recently told me that that um, he has been he's got a whole load of um, new communicants, lots of new members joined <laughs> um, his congregation over um, the lockdown, and he has been leading them 
um, to membership through the ABC of Discipleship, our ABC of Discipleship, which is in the resource section. And there's loads of stuff like this, you know, on the resource section. Um, and also, um, we've got really interesting uh, podcasts, you know, and uh, one of them is my very own Time of the Month. <laughs> <laughs> Just so happens, Laura, that that springs to yeah, mind. Is this, is this, is this going to be a rival to the, the Friday Night Review? <laughs> See, this, this one, this is a monthly podcast. Um, and it's um, so it's um, it's it's different, you know. Um, and we uh, focus on on talking about women um, in the Bible, like the the forgotten women, the unnamed women, the misunderstood women. And this month, um, myself and Linda Pollock and Pamela Gordon um, talk about Delilah. Um, one of the misunderstood women in the Bible. <laughs> All right, okay. I think that's actually brilliant. I think that the, the more we can talk about the people in the Bible, the better, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, see, this is it. I think, you know, there's people there that, you know, if you, if you kind of read between the lines, I think that you can understand that there's maybe like a, a, a bigger story a deeper story or you know maybe it's not what we quite thought it was you know whenever you take away like what our perception are from the modern day um and I just love this idea of giving you know giving characters maybe like, like an afterlife you know and thinking about well what did they do after that we encountered them or what was this what was the lead up to this encounter what happened to them beforehand so <coughs> I think that this this podcast, I think, will you know, we're hoping to because it's not a it's not a like totally feminist thing, you know. It's not to like because we're we're just exploring the women that because you know there's so many men in the Bible that are named and heroes and you know we talk about all the time, but there, there's a lot of women that are just kind of sliding under the radar that we don't always say. Uh, mm. You know, give as much space and time to. So, so it's, we say that it's like you know aimed at women, but it's not really. It's aimed at everybody because, like, our first one that we had out, which was focused on Hagar, you know, it's it like men and women can engage with it, um, and we try to be inclusive, um, and it's really to kind of get conversation started and you know mm. get people thinking about it. So I should have a blog up this coming week. Um, that will tie in with that, you know. Just and it'd be really great to get people's comments and you know get the chat, get the chat flowing. You know, they can listen to it anywhere, about... of course, because it's on it's on Facebook, it's on the site, it's yeah. on mm -hmm. Apple Podcasts, on Spot, uh, Spotify, even. So, like, whatever folk want to, they can really get involved and and follow along. Yeah. If you fancy going yeah. for a wee walk, you could take Laura with you. You could take yeah. Laura with you on a wee walk. Oh my and, goodness! Uh, oh, yeah, to... what? These interesting uh, studies that I've listened like, to your first listen, two episodes. Forget Laura. Dolly Parton. Forget going for a walk with Dolly Parton. I'm going <laughs> for a walk with Laura. Laura. Roll, uh, over. You know, Roll over. Can, Roll I, over. can <laughs> I just say, uh, one of the other areas, might just to bring James in for a moment, um, you've been talking about the backstory and about uh, looking at characters in the Bible and then just wondering what really happened. Mm. Uh, I thought your, your, um, your piece this week, James, in the in the service last Sunday afternoon on the Bad Samaritan, 
what was that all about? How did you come up with that idea? That was an interesting one, wasn't it? You really did spin that another way. Well, I think it's actually, it comes uh, nicely off the back of what you were just saying there, Laura, about this idea of kind of going back into the Bible and kind of reacquainting ourselves. And obviously there you've got the kind of story within a story, because obviously this is a tale that was told. There is not a Samaritan cutting about in the Bible, um, or a bad Samaritan or a good Samaritan. And uh, and in the same way that you were uh, saying there, Laura, there's this kind of process of addition and subtraction, I think, that goes on when we come to these characters, because there's this sort of addition in terms of our imagination about taking the information that we have got um, that's within the Bible and perhaps some other reading that we've done, and we kind of try and build on what's there. But there's also the kind of subtract subtraction of taking away the baggage that's built up and I think particularly in terms of the female characters that you get in the bible there's often so much baggage because there's a lot of gaps a lot of the women are unnamed and there's not a lot of detail sometimes there's been kind of quite unhelpful stuff that's built up and we need to take that away and so in terms of that bad samaritan piece you know part of my um, idea Albert was sort of stumbling across you know I wrote down a list of kind of the different characters that are in the parable thinking where to go um, and it was only at the end that I was like oh yeah there's these robbers as well what's going on with with the robbers you know so it was an afterthought and then that kind of bugged me and so I dug into it and then the discovery that of course you know it's obvious but Jesus never says the good Samaritan and that's another layer to the story that's come later through the tradition that we've got used to saying oh this is the good Samaritan but actually he's never referred to as a good Samaritan and maybe he was a pretty bad Samaritan. So there's a kind of twist there that this is sort of an origin story to the Good Samaritan, perhaps as a, a bad Samaritan mm. himself. And and so I think it's really interesting to kind of play around with these characters and these ideas and help us to um, rediscover them and uh, and maybe yeah glimpse new insights. Um, it certainly came, that thing Samaritan certainly came from the west coast of the, of Scotland, and I think it might have came from Irvine uh, <laughs> because it kind of sounded very much like uh, well, maybe kill-winning, like maybe, maybe kill-winning, <laughs> maybe, maybe kill-winning. Yeah, who knows? But it was we shout out for the Irvine people. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but if you get a chance, go back onto the site and just look up. Uh, I think it's under videos, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah it'll uh, be in the videos. The, the, the bad Samaritan. Have a listen to it because it's really worth uh, having a, 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 a listen to that particular one. Um, I'm just wondering... I, I, was, people, I was going to talk about one of the... Sorry, it's like, no, no, go ahead. Like, I was just saying, you were saying about uh, going for a walk. Um, people can also have a wee look at um, the... We've got the Lent retreat material up because um, we had a Lent retreat a couple of weeks ago. And it was a really blessed time. Mm. So we've put up um, the elements um, from it. So not just me can go walk with, you can go a walk with James because um, we've got meditations up. And Albert as well because we've got video meditations as well. And, um, if you want, if you want to do something really trippy, find out a laughing river with Albert. So go to the resource section of our website, and uh, and you'll find Lent resources uh, for this Lent for this first Lent retreat that we did, as Laura describes. And uh, the first video of Albert is the river is laughing, and it is you want to get into that, don't you, Laura? You want to, that is a that's a smashing video. It's fantastic, it really is. Listen, I wonder if I could then pull you, Jack, in a wee bit about the site. Can you tell us a wee bit about your book club because that's sometimes that's that's a little hidden jewel that's around there that people really enjoy. And you've been how many books have you now got up in the site? I think it's nearly forty odds that we've done because 
it's coming up for in a month or so it'll be nearly a year we've been doing it which surprised me it just shows you how fast time goes in lockdown uh, but yeah and so you read got, some of these books as well i mean you so people can actually that because we're doing a new traditionally in a church i suppose you would or, or in a normal society book group you would do one book a month and people would just buy the physical book read it and then at the end of the month they'd all review it but we thought no no let's just do a different book every week but the problem is it's a bit much to ask for people to buy 52 books in a year so i thought right well we'll, we'll pick books that are mostly out of copyright and i'll just read them and then you know folk can find some of them online and they can choose to buy them if they can and or they can they can listen to them uh, but yeah we've done a whole load now and all the recordings are there so in theory you know it's we we have a we host our book club every thursday at 3 p.m and we have a we've got a good group now that all come in and sometimes more people come in and some people sometimes less but in theory people could go back through those the books that are there on the site they're all there in the tales from the library section and run your own book club you know you could pick a book and and just do your own one with your family because there's nothing to stop you from doing that uh, but you know if you want to join the one that we run then it's then with us a new one every week but this, do you know, I was what Ian was saying, and what Peter actually said before his song about needing um, faith and wanting to rely, you know, needing belief. It totally was about this week's. There it is. This week's book, um, which is about a guy that has no faith. He has, but no faith, not just in God, but no faith in anything. He doesn't believe in like his friend. He doesn't believe that he just saw his friend yesterday. And he believes that every morning he wakes up a new person and the person he was the day before is dead. And if somebody walks around the corner, they've been reborn. And if they walk away again, that's them, they're dead. And he, you know, he's, he, and he slowly sort of ravels into total insanity because he can't believe in anything at all, can't hold anything tangible. And that's like a total lack of faith. But like it shows you how important faith is, not just at a spiritual level, but even on the very... Like, even if you, you're one of those people that are dead scientific and you only believe in the real stuff, like, there's no real way to totally only believe in the real stuff because you need a little bit of faith just to get through you the need, day. You need, you need, I mean, see this whole science versus faith nonsense. Um, it is nonsense, right? It is absolute nonsense because you have to have faith in the science, in order for the exactly. science to become real for you. That's, I mean, that's just an absolute fact. You don't know anything, really, other than what your mind puts, you know, other than what's created within your mind. And your senses can be fooled. You know, you can you can be made to think all sorts of different things. What we've, Where faith comes in is, is where you believe that the information you're getting given, you know, is true and is, is, is real in some way. Um, but, you know, we've seen things that were scientific. Recently, we've seen things that were scientifically thought to be quite impossible. Like back they to are now possible. What? But, but this is what I mean, right? Up until about three weeks ago, it was impossible for life to live at a certain degree temperature in the Antarctic. Yet there it is, right there. It was impossible to land on Mars, and yet there it happened, just the other day there, almost 
boringly regular now. <laughs> Things land in my but this is like this couldn't happen before. And you know, and there's another interesting thing about hu- humanity and why we are creatures of spirit. I think um, there was a time when nobody had ever run a mile under four minutes. And then one day somebody did. Mm. And then suddenly everybody did. And then they ran it in less time. And then suddenly everybody did. And it went on like that because it was almost as if suddenly our horizons were opened and we walked into that new horizon together because we could see it happening round about us. The, The mystery of faith is perhaps where you can see a horizon others cannot see because it's been revealed yeah. to you by God. But even and on you a forward and horizon. Even on a small level, you know, because in the big in the big scale, you know, it, it's in the way you describe. But even in the way you describe earlier, with um how people see you as a doctor, right? And that can affect their perception of you, right? So someone okay. may see a doctor's, you know, advice as more valuable, like how do you know the doctor's telling you the right thing? Because you have a faith that they are telling you the truth because they're a doctor. You have a faith in their profession and a faith that they know what they're talking about. You can't really prove that they know what they're talking about. I mean, unless you, you don't go into your doctor's office and go, right, come on now, show me your PhD and your MDA. You know, <laughs> you just have some faith. Oh, they do, they do in Germans. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> No, honest. I'm a doctor. Honest. <laughs> I'm going to pull. I'm going to bring Pete back in here again now because uh, I think you might have a song to share with us again, Pete, tonight. Do indeed, um, Albert. Thank you. And on the subject of faith, um, I was one of those people that had no faith. You know, I was very scientific. I studied evolutionary psychology and I would beat you over the head with facts you know when you tried to talk to me about any kind of religion or any kind of faith in anything um and I'll tell you something it was a a very it's a very lonely place to be um thinking like that um and I've probably talked about this before but I look at the amount of times that I've almost lost my life you know um as a kind of an idea that you know there's, there's something far greater than me that looks out for me. Um, and I don't need to know what it is. Do you know what I mean? I don't need something to have. I don't, I don't need something concrete to look at and say, this is an example of my faith. This is a, this is a, a kind of quantification of it. But I just know that it's whatever is out there looking after me has kept me alive and has got me to this point. Because if you knew what I'd been doing on a Friday night not that long ago, prior to sitting here now, you know, um, that would be a kind of clear indicator that something is definitely looking up for me. Um, and I think a lot of the time I was just kind of reinforcing these core beliefs of isolation, you know, because addiction is a very lonely place and it isolates you. It isolates your mind, your thinking, your behaviours, um, and then you start living your life that way and it's, it's a very, very dark place to be. Um, so I, um, it's... Kind of touches on the next song, um, and I, I got to a place in my life where I, I thought I lived in a I, I lived in Florida and I lived a really nice life, or so I thought, um, but I was not living a good life, you know. Um, and before I knew it, I've, I'd lost every single thing I had. My daughter got taken away, and the best part of my day was going to sleep and dreaming about my daughter. 
to the point where I did not want to wake up. You know, I just wanted to be asleep and dream about my daughter. Um, and that, I used to get so disappointed when I woke up and found out that I was living in this alternate reality that was very, very painful, you know? Um, and I just longed to go back to sleep. And the best way to do that was to just fill myself full of drugs, which is what I did for a long time, and I would just sleep. Um, and uh, it's, it's kind of where the song, like I said, the songs for me are kind of trying to help me come to terms with the things that I've done. And I'm very, very proud of this song, actually, because um, it helps me put into words the, how I felt and the life I was living. Because I just thought one was like one was life was just one big endless party living in Florida. You know, it was great. I had everything at my disposal, um, but I had nothing. I had absolutely nothing. You know, because I could not put value on anything. I could not value myself. Huh? Um, and I definitely had no faith, despite nearly dying every single day. Um, and I think the worst thing I was probably dying inside more. It's definitely not like that today. So. Didn't need now that. 
thought the sun here for me. Thank you. You know, uh, I think, you know, we're just coming near the end of our podcast tonight. And that song reflects something of the, the sadness of broken relationships, but how there's a longing for reconciliation and for something mm. wonderful to happen. And, and that's what the gospel of Jesus is all about, that he comes as the reconciler and the father is looking for us and longing to bring us back. And that that's a prodigal son story, that wonderful story of the prodigal son is one of the parables that, that, that has been around this week as well of just how the father longs to see us coming home. And, um, I, I, and that relationship can be brought back again. There's, that, that, that is possible and people, life can be full again for people. Maybe someone's listening to that tonight and they need to hear that. Mm. Absolutely. I never saw my daughter for 12 years, Albert, and I got to meet her again a few years ago. And we speak every day now. So, you know, and that was one thing I had absolute faith on that I would see her again one day. I think it's the only bit of faith I had in my life. Huh? So it's very possible. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not possible. It's the te core tenant of the gospel. That, that's what Jesus says. You know, all things will be made new again. I think it's incredible. It's an incredible promise, man. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Listen, we've had a really interesting night tonight. We've, we've moved around a lot. A huge thank you to Peter for coming and sharing part of his life with us. Um, because I think that's what we try to do in Sanctuary First is to invite those who are part of the community to share. And of course, Peter's part of our jam session community that meets every Friday, works with Jack and his dad, Jim, in connecting with people. And that, that's another area we didn't talk much about tonight. But that's got potential to grow as well. And we're looking, I know that Ian Paget's interested in having an international one and, and having a more international uh, group of people coming on to, to share music. So, Or even moving them into live events, in-person concerts, whenever that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So listen, we've 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 covered a lot of ground tonight. Thank That's you all for being part of it. <laughs> Pardon? What are you saying? As long as, long as it's PRS, isn't it? You and I are in it. We're right there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> we had quite a few hits on our on our on our site this week, Ian. So I'll share that with you later on. <laughs> <laughs> I think the promises spoken. <laughs> promises the promises song was doing quite well this week. As was it's such a lovely lies. song that one though. I did I, I had that stuck in my head since Sunday. It's a lovely, lovely song. All I can say is there must be a lot of online managers out there. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So a huge thank you to everyone for being part of it. Thank you all, Laura, to James, to Jack, and to Peter. And to you especially for looking in and sharing with us and listening in to our weekly podcast. Um, and can I remind you on Sunday to join us for the three o'clock service and the theme, we move on to a completely new theme. James, do you want to just say a little bit about it before we go? Yes, well, this is the uh, sequel to The Parable of Social Distancing and it's Man of Sorrows, People of Hope, where we think about Jesus coming to be alongside us and to bridge this gap, this distance that's between us and a beautiful life of reconciliation. So well summed up, James. That's great. I knew I didn't so have much time, Albert. <laughs> I know. That's Sunday. So until Sunday morning... Uh, remember, the, the, if you want to join the seven o'clock prayer time, it's not Laura you'll be praying with tomorrow morning. It'll be yours truly. <laughs> but, I'll be but doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your friend might say, what's happened to your friend Laura? She's got off a load like she's got a haircut. Is <laughs> <laughs> something not right about her? <laughs> <laughs> maybe not, maybe not disappoint, disappointed is the wrong word. Surprise! <laughs> Ian will be heckling in the comments. No heckling in the comments, Ian. <laughs> okay then, and thank you to Ray for being our technical advisor and our technical support tonight. Thank you again for that. And so until next week, join us again for the Friday Night Week Review. Good night and God bless. Good night.